traditionally, if you look at all the previous numbers and in the 70s and, and early 80s, they missed it. They thought, oh, I think we're okay. Let's let it ride. And what happened then, it, it didn't go down like they thought. And then it skyrocketed right. to 21%. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. Welcome back to another uh, very special episode of the Tom Story Show. I'm going to switch it up this time, actually. I'm going to have Steve introduce the guest because it's someone that has molded him, built him up to everything that he is today. And I'm very excited. But just before I let you introduce the guest, uh, Dan is the, the reason why Steve, you're seeing Steve on YouTube and he's talking to you and like, you're really the person to blame here, I'd say. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, just before we introduce Dana officially, and I want Steve to do it, is I want to thank everybody. At this point, we are now over 1,000 subscribers on the show. The daily or the the weekly audio listens for episode are almost touching 500 people uh, downloading every single week, so that the podcast continues to grow. And I just want to thank everybody who listens and watches, and uh, just thank you for being here and thank you for sharing it with people that uh, that you know. Steve, make the intro. I will make the intro. Um, this is somebody that uh, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but you, I owe a lot to you. Oh wow! And uh, you know, I'm really happy that you're a part of my life. Unfortunately, you're a terrible personal trainer. <laughs> and uh, it's not working out. So I'm glad you're my real estate coach. This is Dana Richard. I'm going to suggest that you are probably the number one real estate coach in the country. Oh, well, great. Thank you. Without too much. I don't think you would fight me on that. You uh, coach, and I want to get into this secondary, not first, but you coach probably some of, if not the biggest producers in the entire country. And for some reason, in pity, you took me on. <laughs> for, I'm not sure why. Um, so you are a coach at Richard Robbins International, and we've been together, what, 12 years now? I think so. I think yeah. so. So slowest learner you have, probably lowest producer you have, <laughs> um, but you're absolutely amazing. So welcome to the show. Thank you. We're going to say that, that say that first. Um, do you know Dana's backstory? I don't to know. To give him some credibility. As, I don't, obviously I don't know Dana as, like we know each other, but not as well. Did I as say his name is Dana Richard? Yeah, that? you said his name. Oh, okay. We introduced, yeah, <laughs> okay. we introduced. Right. So you did your job. Congrats. Right. Good. Um, no, so can you tell us basically like before you've now been coaching some of the biggest teams in real estate for the last decade, I would say. Yeah. But even previous to that, like, why are you here? Why are we here? What's, what was your story to get here? I just had graduated university. And I was buying a sixplex mm -hmm. and I met my partner in crime in real estate, Richard Robbins, and he actually got me into real estate. And so I was selling real estate in a small town called Peterborough and uh, I didn't know anybody really. Uh, we used to go away every weekend camping and, but uh, I graduated as an engineer. Uh, I was buying a sixplex and he said, oh, Rich, Richard. Uh, at the time, my partner, he, he says, you'd be good in real estate. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. And so I'm the kind of person that makes decisions really quickly. Mm. So it's like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. So I quit my job. As an engineer at the as time? As an engineer at the time. That's going to be like a big difference. And my scary. wife is having a baby in two months. What are you engineering? What are you like? Mechanical engineer. Okay. And it, I worked at a company called General Electric. Okay, GE. Yeah, yeah. And they made large generators and motors in Peterborough. So all the big generators at hydro plants and, um, and oil, oil uh, refineries yeah. and stuff had uh, large motors. And I worked in the, that department. Yeah. So anyways, I was the kind that wanted to always grow. And I didn't, I was only there like two years and I thought, wow, this isn't going anywhere. And Rich says, you should go into real estate. And I said, oh, okay. And so I made a decision to go in. Like I said, my, I ha didn't have a car, a very good car. Yeah. I uh, had, uh, um, when my wife is going to, was, keep going. My wife was going to have a baby in a month or two. And I started real estate and it's like, now what do I do? What, what did she say to you at that time? Was you, it like, you're insane or? 
no. She says, well, whatever you think. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> so she always supported me, which was awesome, right? Yeah. So anyways, uh, ended up the sixplex never went together. Okay. And because it had illegal rent. So in those days, illegal rents weren't good, right? Mm. Nowadays, it's like- It's all illegal and, rent. Yeah, everything's illegal. So anyways, I thought, okay, how am I going to get business? And so I really had to sort of think, okay, what am I going to do to get business? So I uh, thought, okay, I don't really know anybody. And I put um, an ad in the paper. At the time, the broker would allow you to put an ad in the paper. So I put an ad in the paper, you know, buy a house with no money down. And all my realtor colleagues said, you're stupid. You're going to lose your shirt. And so at that time, you could buy a house with 100% finance. Right. So you'd put in a first mortgage at the regular bank. And then if you had a second from somebody, the bank was okay with that. Hmm. And so I was willing to put a second for anybody. So you were the one putting the, the second. second in. Okay. Because my, the, the apartment building didn't go together, so right. I had this extra cash. So uh, like you, if you've heard uh, Rich tell the story, I had people lined up at my door and uh, in the office. And they said, like, you mean I can buy a house like with no money down? So, so two things. One, you can't do any of this anymore, no, right? Like no. this is no longer a, a way. So if you're if this is not what Dana's coaching me to do currently, because this is all like that would be. An no, you're putting the third on. The That's house all been now, taken right? out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but and I don't think if you if I uh, remember correctly, you told me like nobody ever actually took that option. No, well, everyone took the option. But by closing, everybody had their own down payment mm. they had either grandma they got a line of credit yeah whatever i never had to out of the 40 transactions for that style yeah and uh, i never had to uh put so in any money here's where i want to do you know how many houses he sold as a brand new I, like i've heard this here's the thing before here's the thing like when you become a real estate coach in this business now, it's almost like there's these fake guru, fake guru yeah. type guys, yeah. right? Guys that don't understand how to do it. Yeah. Do you have you get have you heard the story? Do you know? I don't know the numbers, but I've I've heard this brought up. So it's either it's either uh, he's telling the truth or the fish gets bigger every time he catches <laughs> it. Remember that fish? Like, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's so cool. what was it? I sold forty four homes in ten weeks. <laughs> From this one direct mail ad or? No, overall. Okay. Um, you know, at the same time, I was working all the time. Right. Right. So so I, in what, your first 10 weeks, you had a good two years for the top producing agents. Yeah. It's yeah. insanity. Yeah. When you put that ad in the paper and put something in there that everyone else said, you can't do that. This is yeah. not going to work for you. And then they, and then all these people were the other agents in your office, like, uh, you're gonna, I gotta do, you're gonna, they, they still laughed, said it. They still they laughed. laughed at me and said, you're gonna lose your, all your money. Yeah. Why are you doing that? So then once it became successful, all of a sudden other people started in the whole community and the real estate community started doing the same thing. And was that an amazing thing for you that you could put out an ad that was different? Yeah. And people came to you, yeah. like like you literally had people calling you saying, "I want this," instead of you having to go search for them. Yeah. That must have been a neat feeling. It was a neat feeling, and more importantly, the people couldn't believe they could buy a house. Right. It was like, you mean I can buy a house? And I and in those days, agents qualified financially qualified the client, Which is, uh, just like a mortgage crazy. broker does now. Yeah. Right? yeah. And we'd go through the numbers, and I'd say, "Yeah, yeah, no, you can qualify." Oh, okay. And they so much wanted to be in real estate, like mm. they wanted to buy something. And so really the philosophy was, okay, well, in your price range, there's six available. Let's go look at them. And we'd look at them and they'd be like, okay, which one do you want? And they would like, oh, really? And I go, yeah. And they'd say, I want that one. Okay. And that's what we would, I'd have to give them the hundred dollar deposit a lot of times. Is that what the deposit was? was bucks? In those days it was a hundred dollars. <laughs> Uh, I had a few zeros now, yeah. And so actually, a hundred dollar cash, you could actually attach it to the offer. Just like a hundred dollar bill, just craziness <laughs> compared yeah. to now, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what was the market like then when you got into the market? Well, what year was this? But just to give this would have been in '87. Okay. Okay. So just as it was getting really good, starting to come down, starting to come down. So the interest rate was seventeen percent. Okay. Okay. When I bought my house. Um, in Toronto, I lived in Peterborough, but then Rich and I moved to Toronto, mm. and uh, I thought I was in heaven. My interest rate was ten percent, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" 
right? And uh, yeah, so he sold, I sold real estate for a year in Peterborough. And then after that, somebody approached me and said, wow, you're doing some phenomenal stuff. How would you like to open up a franchise in Toronto? <laughs> and I said, well, I guess so. I'm a real homeboy. And that's like, I, Toronto, really? Yeah, the number one area in all of Canada at the time. And it's like, well, why don't you get Rich to go with you? This is my partner at yeah. the time. And, and uh, I said, well, I don't know if he'd want to. He's really connected to Peterborough. And so anyways, I talked to Oral with Richard Robbins, and I said, hey, Rich, do you want to go to Toronto? He said, yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of Peterborough, and do you want to? Now, if you know this other person I'm talking about, he doesn't make decisions lightly. Mm. I'm kind of I think a lot of our listeners, and he's been on the show. Okay. Rich has been on the Rich, show. Rich, so, so at the time, he's like, well, I don't know. What do you think? I said, let's do rock, paper, scissors. So, so <laughs> Two out of three or just a one shot? <laughs> and I said, uh, okay. So I said, if... Uh, we lose or whatever we're going he goes okay so uh, we did rock paper scissors 10 days later we were selling real estate in toronto yeah and so that was 87 or 87 87 now were you still were you selling actively still in 89 when things went absolutely crazy in toronto and then the big crash happened yeah Yeah. can you walk us through that like uh, for our viewers and listeners anyone that hasn't been through a time where things are changing quickly I mean, you saw it happen. Like, what yeah. was it like then? So it's funny, Rich and I, both of us, we just sold real estate. So it's really all about mindset. Right. So every day, every week, there's a house being sold. And so if you had the mindset, I'm just going to sell a house this week, right? Or whatever. And there's people always buying and selling. Yeah. And so we just we just always searched around, where are those buyers and sellers? So... Yes, it was tough, but all our time was spent on, let's try and find a buyer and a seller. So it wasn't the same sort of mindset as it is right now. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, oh, I, I didn't even know there was a crash when I first started selling real estate. Mm-hmm. I was so just- You know what? I'm protected. not that, like I got licensed in December 15th, 2008. Okay. And so like I get in, I'm going in, coming into the office doing the thing and these people are coming into our office meetings like there's- 12,000 listings on the board and there should be 5,000. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, I guess that's how many listings there are. Like, let's move on. Do you want to buy it? Like, sure. There was, I remember one of our first coach calls Dana and I together. I'm like, Dana, I can't even pick which properties to show them. So many, there's 151 bedroom condos in this tiny little neighborhood available. Like which one do I even show them? It was a challenge. And now, like, we don't have that right now. Yeah. That's nothing like, like, if anything, right now, we're going through a bad market. And there's even, there's less to pick from. Do you think, is there anything to say where the age that we're in now with social media and Twitter and news and, like, it's gotten to the point where the Bank of Canada is, like, making their announcements and people, like, a lot, like, waiting to, like, it's like the, the, yeah. the highlight of their it's weird concept. Was it like that in 89 with the news where everyone was talking about it and it was a thing that y'all talked about and it's, no. it's not like it is today, right? Yeah, is exactly. that, does that play into it maybe? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. People, and that the mindset of people were like, I, I want to move. Oh, right. okay, great. You want to move? Great. I'm going to help you move. And so we never went down the rabbit hole of, oh, well, the prices are too high. Prices are too low. Interest rates too high. People just accepted and and that's one of the frustrations of today is I think us as agents, we fall into that trap of listening uh, everything on social media and everything. And we fall into it and we get like the cold sweats ourselves. Right. But yep. instead, it's like most buyers and sellers, unless you're an investor, want to move because they they have a why they want to get to the next part, yeah. mm-hmm. next journey in their life. Yeah. And that's really what we as agents don't focus on enough, right? And we're, we get hung up about how much money you're going to make or not make. And if you're an investor, you need to think about that. And everybody that watches this show that's not in real estate is all about like the only thing that matters when you buy a house is the price you get it for. And they don't factor in that life happens as well. Yeah. Right. And that's where majority of people are is there right now, if... For instance, what we're noticing through uh, the last couple of years, let's call it, divorces are going crazy. Yeah. They're going nuts. Well, that's not going to change when you need to either buy or sell your next house. Maybe buy, but the sale's happening. Yeah. Right? And there's so many other factors that people just don't 
bring into it. And I think now we're in a spot where there's so much information coming in all the time. It seems so much worse than it was before. It was probably just as bad before. Yeah. It was probably not that bad now. Yeah. But it's just because we have that information coming in. I, I totally agree, Steve. That's, you know, people are going to get divorced and it's like, okay, well, if you're going to get divorced, let's get your house sold, sure. right? Everyone's going their own separate way. As opposed to saying, well, we're getting a divorce. Okay, great. Uh, but we're not moving if we don't get our price. Uh, and it's like... We're sticking together if... Uh... Yeah. So you're staying together? Uh, no. And I said, okay, so th there's something not quite right here. And we as yeah. agents fall into that trap. Oh, I can't sell their house unless they get their price. And it's like, are they getting divorced? Yes. So therefore, you know, you have to think, okay, well, here's the best plan yeah. to I move made, forward in your situation. I made a tough call the other day, which I thought was going to be a tough call um, because somebody that had bought at the peak and it was like the most beautiful house ever. And there was 21 offers and it was insanity. And I checked in with them and... I was like, you know, how's it going? Expecting like, oh, I'm going to lose my house, all that. And she's like, it's going fantastic. I'm pregnant. Yeah. And like, she isn't, she's like, yeah, I'm paying the mortgage. I'm still employed. It's fine. Everything's yeah. good. But we're expecting a baby. Like, this is awesome. Isn't that great? And you're like, oh, yeah. Did you take a fixed rate? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. changed the mood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, like, there was none of that. That wasn't in her mind. At all. mind. Her mind was, I can't believe I'm in such a beautiful home where I can raise my now expecting family. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Because that's where most people are. Unless you're watching the Tom Story show on YouTube and then you're commenting about, you know, how bad and negative everything's going to be. What I found interesting today, because uh, why we're here is we're at the conference. I'm actually staring at the center, which is kind of strange. Um, but we got, the, we got to see Benjamin Tao and he's fairly optimistic yeah. yeah and funny super funny for yeah. an economist super funny yeah do you can you get him on here for us you think yeah, yeah maybe we, we can... want to get ben okay on the show see, we'll see <laughs> if we can get him <laughs> yeah that's a public ask that's how you get what you want yeah um but like it, it as one of the biggest minds in canadian in the canadian economy he's fairly positive yeah i i really enjoyed today what he was saying mm -hmm. and you know it's, it's all about the supply demand area meaning you know at one time you couldn't get a new car right you had to wait months to get a new car now you can get a car right away and there's a lot of things that you had to go on a wait list and now there's abundance and because of that prices are coming down well that's lowering inflation right, right? I, i'm gonna keep you guys keep going i'm gonna go grab my i actually wrote down some of the things he okay. said i want to oh, touch okay. on it for I, you. Yeah, perfect as you're doing that one of the things that he said that that i actually remembered i, I didn't write them all down but was that 50% of inflation he believes is supply chain? Correct. 50%. Yeah. Okay, so that makes me feel actually a bit better about it. Yeah. Being that that's something that was, it just happened because it happened. And if we start to solve that, okay, that solves, if that is the case, that solves half the problem, right? Yeah. Now, the other half, we still got to figure out. And I think we're now six rate hikes in. We don't really know how the impact has been yet because it's happened so rapidly, right? That we're yeah. probably gonna need some time to figure it out. What's, what's your thought on like just where the rates have gone and everything? Well, um, the rates have gone up. The question is, have they gone up enough? Mm. Traditionally, the interest rate should be a little higher than inflation. Yeah. Otherwise think of it in real terms here. So this is a bit of a financial. He's uh, a junkie for this stuff. Just market. so you know. Yeah. So think of it. If I, next year, I'm going to buy something next year and it'll be 20% higher. Mm. Or I could buy it now and take a loan at 5% or 4%. It would be worth it for me to take a loan mm -hmm. and buy it now. That's why it, I bought my condo. Exactly. So <laughs> what happens is traditionally, if you look at all the previous numbers and in the 70s and, and early 80s, they missed it. And Benjamin talked about it today. So you have to be very careful. They thought, oh, I think we're okay. Let's let it ride. And what happened then, it, it didn't go down like they thought. And then it skyrocketed right. to 21%. Yeah. 
This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by the Story Team at Royal Page Signature in Toronto, Ontario. The Story Team focuses on satisfying all of their clients' wants and needs when either buying or selling real estate in the GTA. But don't take my word for it, they have way over a hundred five-star reviews on Google from clients singing their praises after amazing home purchases and sales. From downtown Toronto condos to semis to detached homes, whatever your needs, Tom and his team promise to provide an educated, honest, and transparent approach to helping all of their clients achieve their financial and personal goals through real estate. So there is no need to search bus benches or newspaper ads anymore to find the right agent for you. Just visit www.storyteam.ca to book a call with the Story Team today. That's S-T-O-R-E-Y-T-E-A-M.ca. That's storyteam.ca. This communication is not intended to cause or induce breach of any existing agency agreement. So some people think that the interest rate should be 2% higher because if it is, it will then curb the spending. Mm. Because if it's not higher than inflation, it's like, why curb it? I'll just keep buying, right? It's cheaper now than it will be next year. So that will actually not prevent um, this whole market from slowing down. So the idea is, what do we do to slow it down? We got to get the interest rate a little higher. When it's a little higher than inflation, they'll say, well, everything's way too expensive, including the interest rate. So I'm going to stop. And the only, that's the only way we can stop inflation is stop the spending. Now, Bank of Canada has made it clear several times that they got to get inflation to 2%, right? That's Correct. been Now, can you tell me, because this is above my pay grade or knowledge <clears throat> level on this, why does inflation have to be capped? At, why are they trying to get it to 2%? Well, they think at, at a 2% inflation rate that everybody can live a happy life, Okay. right? Everything will increase a little bit and we can still survive. Gotcha. But when it gets too high, that it gets out of control, right? Now, um, I think what'll happen is they're hoping that it'll come back to 2%. And so what do they do? The only, they, only, they only have one thing in their bag, their tool bag, and that's increasing interest rates. That's the only thing they really have is, in, is increasing interest rates. And I guess we hope it's working. I guess it is it working, It is working because right? we've already seen it come down, yeah. which is awesome, yeah. right? We've seen people starting to spend less, yeah. which is exactly what has to happen. So I think it is working. The question is, like, how quickly will it work? Mm -hmm. And like also Ben mentioned today, if we do it too fast, it'll crash. And we right. don't want that, right? Yeah. So we just have to get everything uh, to slow down a little bit. And one thing that the next will be the unemployment. Mm -hmm. So unemployment has to come down a little bit or go up, I guess you would say. I had always learned from my broker, Chris Lightham, uh, he had always given like the three pillars of the real estate market, like what you have to watch, right? It's like yeah. immigration, interest rates, and unemployment. Right. It, you know, if, if two are strong and one is weak, it will be a balanced out market. Yeah. If they're all strong, it's what last year was, like, yeah. like you know, but on steroids. If all three are knocked out, uh-oh, not going to be great. So um, immigration seems to be a check mark right now in right. terms of the numbers. Yeah. Interest rates, yes, have gone up rapidly. We're, we're thinking they're going to set in about five or six percent. Who knows exactly where? You know, that's the general consensus. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But then unemployment, I'd say, is a is a question mark because we don't really know. No, yet. and and anybody who's got a half decent job, I don't think their job is in question, right? Yeah. Um. They they need the, that service, so that's the one that'll be we won't really know for a while because very few people are at at um are worried that they're gonna lose their job because most employers are looking for people. Mm. Right. So that's the and they just conundrum. went through such a boom like a hiring yeah. where like everybody yeah. was hiring and yeah. people it was like the great what are they call them the great uh quitting or something. Not quiet quitting but the uh the oh whatever everyone's uh, leaving their jobs for new jobs. I yeah. can't think of it. Yeah. But the great resignation. There we go. There yeah. we go. Hey, Last right, year we were part of that. We were a part of that. My wife was like, yeah, you know, good job. And it's just not worth it. Right. And we actually are way better off as a result. Right. Like everything is doing good. Yeah. It's it's crazy that we're in such a bad time with such good times. Another, How does that make sense? How does any of it make sense? Another thing Ben said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, basically said like we went, the interest rates were so low that we went through 
a recession already, but didn't, but like we got all the benefits of the recession, but it wasn't a recession. Yeah. yeah. And that if, if the, if the bank of Canada can pick between inflation or recession, they're picking recession. Right. Cause long-term that's still better to have that happen than inflation running. Absolutely. Wild, right? Absolutely. So yeah. I think, uh, I think this will all get over relatively quickly. Yeah. So I'm happy. You're about optimistic. That. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, they said in, in all the press releases that they plan on um, uh, increasing the interest rates till about April or May. And then after that, uh, in September, I think uh, it has it uh, dropping off a little bit. Mm. And I know Ben said that probably in the uh, 2024, they'll start to drop. To drop it. Yeah. Once yeah. You, the dust settles, right? Yeah. And we see how people yeah. are actually reacting to the yeah. new rates. But I think people will still... You know, they're, I got spoiled from before, uh-huh. but once you just say, okay, so based on everything today, can I buy a house or can I sell my house? So if you think of where you're at and where your journey is going, then it's like, well, whatever. Right. And then you just move to the next part of your life. Right. So it's, it's hard to say, yeah, but it was so good before. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like the interest rate was so low before. How long is it going to be for us to keep thinking back to what it was? Like, I guess how much time has to pass you know for us to go, okay, fine. This is what it is. Funny. You should say that we've already noticed in the market, new buyers yeah. are coming in saying, what's my interest? Like, what's my payment? Yeah. Like, what can I afford? What can I, I afford? I wasn't involved in this stuff before. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is what you can afford. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Whereas before, people in April and March were saying, wow, is this all I can afford? My interest payments were so much smaller. So they got spoiled. Yeah. Right? But the new people coming in, it's like, okay, whatever. And as long as they can go to that next part of their life, it's like, oh, I can make it work? Yes. Okay, let's do it. And I think us as real estate agents, we have to focus on them being able to hit their next journey and their next plateau, and their next goal in life, the client's goal in life. And if we can help them get there, I think uh, that's really what it's all about. Do you find there's a fine line between, I'm always, I always think about this a lot, right? Because me and Steve have built a little bit of a following online, and we, you know, we're still the core of both of our businesses is our, is our past clients, right? Yeah. It's word of mouth is how we've built our businesses. And there's like, there's like this line of being optimistic and not down about the market, but also not just saying, hey, it's always a good time because for some people it's not a good time depending on their situation, right? It's like this fine line of like trying to do your job but also do it in the best way and put them in the best position where if you go in and you're just like, hey, I know everything's good. It's like, well, for, for some people everything's good. For some people it's not. Are you having these conversations with the people you coach where it's like it's even hard now because everyone's situation is so much different having conversations with our clients. It's like I'm here to help you do what you're trying to do. But I'm also not the decision maker. You are. Right. That's a great point. And the the essence here is what is it that you want to do and can we make it happen? Mm. Right. And if it's I got I'm moving on because I just got divorced. Sure. OK, we're going to help you get to wherever it is you want to go based on this situation. Right. We should not be comparing it to. Yeah, but it was so much better six months ago. It's like based on today. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to do? Right. Let's go through that and see if we can make it happen. Oh, I got my notes here from what I said about Benjamin Talset. So how many people did we think oh, you guys both know the answer to this because you were there. But we all think that the target for Canada to bring in people this year was four hundred and twenty eight thousand. or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already at like 456 or something. Yeah. He broke down the real numbers. And he said that number is 700,000 people. Yeah. So 400,000 came in uh, through PRs or whatever. And then 100,000 were, what was it, students already? So they were already here. And Canada was just like, well, you're here. Didn't he say last year, though? 70% 70% of the new of the new people immigrant, were already people here. Immigrate here were already here that just became PR. Yeah, correct. Yeah. That and, was interesting. Yeah, wasn't it? And I mean, then there was another the other 200,000 was 
people that are on three-year current visas. I assume most of these people are going to stay too, which was Ukraine. From Ukraine. The, the Ukrainian yeah. refugees. Yeah. So we are all told right now that it's 428,000 people, and there's a chance that it's actually 700,000 people. Because they're not yet here, even they're though not they're here. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? The thing is, is not everyone can actually buy. Yeah. I think a lot of them have to rent. Yep. And it's five years. The stat is from uh, arriving to buying is five years. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why uh, rents are so high is because there is such a demand um, for rent because they don't want to buy because you, you don't know the area. You don't right. know where yeah. you live, right? Yeah. And you want to sort of scout it out. So that's one thing that has pushed the rents up, I believe. And so... I think we just, there's going to be lots of people that need housing and that's where, you know, great agents like yourself come into the mix. You know, I, uh, I look at it and I recognize, right? Like we're in our little bubbles of thinking that they're only raising interest rates to hurt our clients or hurt us. There are, it's much more than real estate. Like it's a massive part of Canada, but there's much more going on in other issues. Right. But I look at it and go, and and we've talked about this a lot, but like right now your, your monthly payments are basically the same down payments, less than things like that. But then on the flip side, it's like, okay, you've solved one problem in terms of they've curbed demand which was part of what they were trying to do in buying of real estate and other assets, right? right? But rental prices are up 20, 25, 30%. And all the people that were just on the cusp of getting in are now knocked out of the market, gone back to rentals. So we've, we've fixed a problem, created another one. Like I know their job is basically impossible, right? but I guess just what's your overall thought on like, are, is there any way to solve everyone's problem here? Or are you always just going to create another problem with a solution? I, I think it's going to be really tough. Yeah. And what we as real estate agents have to think about is how can I solve that person's need? Right. And we take everyone individually and if they have to rent for another year or so, they have to rent, yeah. right? If they're ready to buy, then it's like, what can you afford? You know, this is what's available. Are you ready to make the move? And if you think of it in those terms, there's probably going to be a house there that's mm. a, for whoever, wherever they're looking, there'll be a house come available. And as real estate agents, those people are going to come in front of us if we're searching for those people, right? I know, Tom, you keep talking about how bad the market is. It's It's for the YouTube algorithm. No, no, no. My videos are very positive. Yeah. Just the thumbnail makes you feel that way. And but it's I know when I was selling real estate and, you know, interest rates for 15, 17 percent, we never even talked about that mm-hmm. right it was just this is what you can afford can't wait for you to move on hey, with your before life this year i didn't pay attention to a single yeah. uh, bank of canada rate announcement well they in the previous 14 times, years right? and... no but in 2018 it got dicey for yeah. a bit i think it was yeah. just three rate hikes of 25 points i have to look back but it wasn't this it wasn't this yeah. it yeah. wasn't this but i didn't yeah. pay attention to it it Not was like either i would phone my mortgage broker hey uh, oh the rates are up today okay cool yeah. what are they you know, it wasn't a big deal yeah. it killed the market yeah. Like 2019 was my worst year ever. Yeah. Like, and now we pay attention to it. Like you're saying, we, we probably shouldn't as much as we do. I mean, we, we got to be in the know, but that's not really what we're here to do to solve. Right. Like everybody wants to hear about the market. Right. I think what we need to do is as real estate agents is qualify our clients better. Yeah. That's the thing. And by knowing the interest rates, we can advise them better by knowing how much they can afford. We can advise them better. And the more we can advise them better, the more likely they're going to make a move, right? That's that's in their best interest, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised at how many want to make a move, yeah. yeah, right? So, and I think that's the key. Well, now that I've been called out, my next video is going to be a uh, big sunshine, big sunshine. And the market's it. back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the the that thing behind you needs to be like sunshine and lollipops for sure. Yeah. Exactly, the Teletubby sun or something. Well, let's yeah. let's shift a little bit. Okay, so. As I said in the intro, you're like the number one coach in the country. For some reason, you took me on. I don't know why. It's probably because I keep paying my bill. Yeah. Right? (laughs) He's like, yeah, that's the only reason. But like, honestly, you are uh, coaching some of, if not the best in the country. Right? You're number and me. I don't know why. Honestly, I don't know why. How Um, many people did you coach? Uh, sorry to cut off your question. Yeah, no. Currently, going. I coach uh, 30, about 35 people. 35 teams? teams. So teams. 70. Sometimes that's people. team leader, though. Sometimes that's the whole team. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. So it, it, it really depends. But like you have the number one 
agent in all of Royal LePage. Correct. Uh, you have the number one individual, I think, in all of Remax. And the individual Remax agent, yeah. Right, and me. Yeah. What's wrong with that? A number one agent in uh, your market. <laughs> in my office. But like, well, two out of three, pretty good. But like, that's that's got to say a lot, right? Like the top top guys who look like they don't need advice from someone on how to do their business, reach out to Dana Richard, and you pick up your phone when you're not too busy on your boat, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but one thing about top agents like yourselves, the the agent can actually envision. When he gets uh, some kind of um, value, some kind of nugget, they can automatically see how that can change their whole business. So you you pick up one thing and say, you know what, that could if I did that, it'd help me here, here, and here, and it'd help all my team out. Mm. So they can really see how they can actually grow uh, their own business. The other thing about being number one, it's kind of lonely at the top. Like, who do you go to to? brainstorm and bounce ideas off right right and so that's really our service that we provide is you know we help them with you know different ideas or different way of looking at it because we all get in our own little world in our own little market and we're focused on doing business this way that's how i've always done it is this way but we've been exposed to so many people doing it so many different ways that we can share different ideas and and it's more of so that they start thinking about oh well maybe i could do it that way or mm. i could do it a little differently and as a result it will catapult their business to the next level so i always say to people when i'm coaching them think of real estate as a thousand steps okay and you might be at step 780 how do you get to step 781 or 782 we our company has probably been there before mm. and would be able to help you out and everyone is unique and everyone is different but we might be able to uh, share some ideas that other people have used that has been very successful so the way when you were talking about that i was thinking so like in our world now of, of helping consumers yeah it's like we have all these different types. You have a first-time home buyer that knows nothing, and uh, essentially you're holding their hand and walking through everything with them. Yeah. Then you've got the savvy investors that just tell me the numbers. Does yeah. this make sense? Then you've got the upsizers, the downsizers. You've got everyone in every position. Now, for you, or I'm, I'm sure you know, you do coach some people that are not the top agents. Oh, you know, yeah. so yeah, me, uh, yeah, Steve. You coach Steve. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Steve's a great agent. Um, do you find it difficult? Or, or just you have to adjust to having, you know, from talking with an agent that does, their team does 500 transactions a year to someone that's just saying, like, Tina, how do I find one person to buy a house? Yeah. How do you navigate that? You know, that's a great question. And, and the thing is, is, you'd be surprised at how many people are in front of leads mm. that they don't know they're in front of. Okay. Okay. So you have to take a step back and sort of start off slower with them and try and get them in motion. So one thing that there is a whole group of people that have been in the business for X amount of months, okay? <clears throat> and sometimes they're hard to coach. Yeah. They're like, I know what's going on. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so what happens is they don't know what they don't know. Right. Right. And so what we have to do is we have to show them that there potentially is a possibility of of getting more out of the business. And so and in this market right now, it's people need to figure out how to get new leads and more leads so that they can help buy and sell to, to make some deals. The thing that I've said a lot and maybe I've said it on this podcast before, but like and, and you can tell me because you've been doing it for this period of time, basically. But in the last 30 years of being a real estate agent, a real estate coach, the fun, the core fundamentals of the job of a real estate agent haven't changed. No, you, you wake up every morning, you think, how can I help this buyer, seller, or person looking to lease a property? How can I help them? And how can I find them? Then how can I help them? And why would they choose me? Right. But the, it's very foggy in the middle now that the tools involved and all the things and, you know, Rich today s says what, one of my favorite things he says, like, it's simple, but it's not easy. Correct. Correct. So like 30 years from now, are real estate agents still a thing? Have we been taken out by now? 
Like what does does anything change moving forward here? Or do we just have to adapt to, to what's happening in the middle of the industry? I think people don't realize how important real estate agents are. They need that personal um, advice, recognition, and connection. Um, what happens is a lot of the we think it can be totally commoditized and automated mm. the real estate, but there is so much that I think a real estate agent has to offer to help the client make a decision. It's a very emotional time buying or selling a house. And so if who are you going to rely on to help you through that emotional time? Like you need somebody there to support you, right? So that's one of the things that I think is very important with a real estate agent is to be able to help them navigate through this very emotional period of time. And I can't stress that enough. We, we, as agents sometimes fall into the trap of, well, you know, we all do the same thing or it's all automated and I'll just do everything, you know, through social media or whatever. What happens is we're, if you're thinking that way, you're putting yourself out of a job. But in fact, the top earners in any industry, there is that personal touch. And it is very important. And I think we have to sort of go inside ourselves and say, okay, what do I have to offer that will help my clients move forward. And so I think we, I call it when I'm training and helping, it's called the value proposition. Mm. You know, what's your value proposition? Why um, should I use you? This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Carish Real Properties. That's right, my co-host Steve runs an amazing real estate team in the Fraser Valley. If you're someone looking to get more insight of what's going on in the Fraser Valley real estate market, I would highly recommend reaching out to Steve and his team. They're gonna tell you what you actually need to hear and they're going to exceed your expectations all the way throughout the transaction. I've met Steve and his entire team in person and they're all people that are really, really passionate about what they do. And a lot of their business comes from repeat and referrals, so it's no surprise that they've continued to be in the top 1% of the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board for many, many years. They service Cloverdale, the Fraser Valley, and Surrey, and they know what they are doing. But don't just take my word for it, they have over 95-star Google reviews online. If you're looking for good advice that's not salesy with real people delivering really great results, I would highly recommend reaching out to Steve and his team. You can find them online at krproperties.ca or in the show notes, you can go in there and you can book a call directly with Steve or someone on his team at a time that works best for you. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in the Fraser Valley, Cloverdale, or Surrey, I highly recommend Karish Real Properties. And now, back to the show. Okay. So that's how we always, as real estate agents, we should be thinking, how, how can I help you? Yeah. Right. And so if we understand that, then we actually can help a client. But if we think we're all the same, you'd be surprised. They'll think you're the same. I remember you did a presentation. It might've literally been three years ago at this same conference. And the gist of it was like all these things that we say in our presentations or marketing. And you were basically like, so what? So what? So what? So can you run me through that? That yeah. Because real estate agents and the consumer, if we just focus on asking them questions, shutting up and not talking about ourselves, yeah. a lot of people would be a lot yeah. more successful. So can you run me through that? Yeah. So in creating your value proposition, we, I always, when I'm training it, I always think of pick your late night infomercial. Yeah. And they talk about the um, vacuum cleaner. And the vacuum cleaner, they talk about a feature, right? It has great suction and it does this and it does that. That's the feature. But the consumer is thinking, yes, yeah, so what? And if you watch them, because they're the master at it, the benefit is it saves you time so that you can be out in the backyard with your kids. Mm. Us as real estate agents are the same way. Yeah. We say, oh yeah, I uh, stage your house. Well, that's a feature. Right. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So? So, right? So your house will sell for 6% more, right? Okay. That would... So that's the benefit. The yeah. benefit is your house will sell for 6% more. Dana, you're getting so excited about this. You're getting off mic. Hang on. Just keep oh, talking. Keep talking. Sorry. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. So as a result, what happens is us as agents, we talk about feature, feature, feature. I will market your property. I'll put it on social media. But as a result, all of those features mean nothing to an client, a yeah. homeowner. 
so a lot of times we say, well, you know, I sell a lot of houses. Right. So what? It's like, so you don't have time for me then? Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. Am I a number? Yeah. Or I sell a lot of homes or I sell homes real fast. And we're thinking, well, that's that's good, right? You can sell them fast, especially in this market. But what do you think the client's thinking? This is the hardest exercise for a real estate agent to do. Yeah. Because you, when you put me through, it was like, it's painful. I still have trouble with it. Because you have to... Because you have the feature on the left and the benefit on the right, right? right? And yeah. you're kind of trying exactly. to plug in what the... Exactly. So as a result, there's only... All the, we talk a lot hoping that the client will like us at the end and say, yes, I'll sign it. But as a, a seller, there's only three things that you always have to circle around with your feature. Okay. And it's the best price, best service, fast sale. Mm. Those are the only three things. So it's like I donate, I donate a bit of my commission to charity. That's the number one. So what? Yeah. Yeah. What's so what? So There's how nothing does that in help? it for me. So I'm does your that client. make my house sell for more money? And why don't I just donate it myself and get the tax receipt? There you go. Right. So it makes right. it tough. So sometimes we think, you know, if you don't say, even it, if that comes from an absolute gold place in your heart, exactly. It, the the seller goes, okay, but well, how's that helping me? Right. And we tend to miss that. And so as a result, if we present in such a way that it's all about you, the homeowner, you'll go way further you'll list way more homes so your value prop is what is your feature so think of it everything you think about could probably be commoditized mm. social media we can put your ad on, on social media we can um you know we're gonna stage your house oh sure. well i do that how do we separate ourselves we can't separate your negotiating skill that's the one thing that you cannot commoditize. And so what you want to do is really think, how can I help my clients get more money at the negotiating table? They can, No one else can do what you do. And there's a, quite a few strategies that we talk about in our organization, but there's quite a few strategies that will help sellers um, make more money because they can help negotiate them a higher price. So that's something that you as an agent should always be thinking okay, how is my negotiating mm -hmm. ability different than Steve's, right? How is that going to differentiate myself? Um, I got one big question here, and then I know you've got lots of questions. So I want to talk to you. I don't know much. lots of questions. Okay. We're having technical difficulties, so I'm just making sure. Are this we thing, this, No, no, it's good now. It's okay. good now. I'm just making sure this whole thing is good. We've recorded so much because we're at this event with all these amazing people. Like we popped up an uh, uh, interview the other day uh, with, with Derek. And it was just like, we can't not interview Derek. Yeah, we have to interview And Derek. so it's now like, I wasn't counting on all of this going on. So I'm, I'm, I got my finger on the buzzer. I'll stop you if we have any okay. problems, okay. but keep going, keep so, going. So this perfectly brings me into this. Okay. So Derek Timmons, now you've probably seen his episode. If you're listening to this episode now or heard his episode, yep. um, he, we didn't talk about this in his episode, but he basically said, I'm off social social media for six months and has best year ever as a real estate agent. And when we're talking about the so what, I'm thinking these agents going, well, I have 15,000 followers on Instagram. That's what you should. So what? Are, is that the buyer for my house? So I'd like your opinion as someone that talks to high level real estate agents doing big, big business. And I think social media is a fabulous tool yeah. if used correctly. And right. I do think some of the agents that are already at the high end of the business didn't need to use it before. And that's why they're not adapting it the same way. It's been wonderful for me and Steve's business. But it's also... But only in the last two years for me. I know you've been doing it longer. But it's such a perception thing. So I just want your opinion on like you're talking to the heavy hitters. You're talking to the people doing it. And, and listen, most of them aren't like the best known people on social media. Right, right. And a lot of the top top producers, they do not. I know do they're secret agents, media. man. They just right? they're just because they have a very large following of database yeah. right clients, right? So yeah. they deal with them. They do a lot of deals, and all of a sudden they get referrals and they do repeat. So like seventy percent of their business out of the five hundred transactions are from people they've already done deals with, right? So they don't have to do mm. uh, social media. There's nothing wrong with social media. It's another revenue stream, but you just can't think, okay, I'm just going to send out a few tweets and I'm going to do a deal, no, right? No. It doesn't work like that. It, it If you're going to make it a revenue stream, 
then you have to put your heart into it, all of it. Like just like Steve with the YouTube yeah. videos, he spent two years on it, just sending out two to three videos every week, and it pays off. So you know, think of how much time he's invested in that, just in that one revenue source. So you have to think in those terms. I'm going to pick my lane. Mm. I'm going to pick two or three things I'm really good at, and you will make money from it, but you have to say, I want to master those two or three. Things. Okay. So if I'm a brand new agent right now, yeah. I got my license last week. Yes. What do I do? This is what I would do right off the get go. Like, okay. Okay. This is where I'm struggling. No money like... down ad in the paper. No, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But this is what I say. Everyone's got a phone. Yep. And how many contacts are in your phone? Probably a lot. I don't even know. How many do you think? Uh, probably over 800. 800. I have a lot. Okay, yeah. think I've got it. three friends and two of them are in this room. You don't save there other you realtors' names in your phone? <laughs> <laughs> so you have like 800. A lot of people, like when I when we're coaching, and they'll have three, four, five, six hundred, yeah. 1,800 contacts. How many are within 20 kilometers of your phone? Probably 70%. Everyone says the same number, 70%. Mm. Okay, so we're talking anywhere from 500 people that they have access to, that they have said... You were worthy enough to, for me to put a name and a phone number in my phone. That would be the first place I would go to. You're going, you're calling them or you're going to them? Well, okay, so you are going to say that could potentially be my database. Okay. Okay. And most people only need a couple of hundred people yeah. to support their way of life. Okay. So I got to think out of these three or four hundred people in my phone, how many could support me? And I could help them. Mm. So now you could do it by social media. You can, you know, text them. You could follow them on Facebook. You could follow them on Instagram. You can start following them if you want to do it digitally, or you could call them, or you could pop over and see them. But really, like you've got people in your phone that potentially could be your clients forever. Yeah. And we're not, we're not. We're saying, okay, I got to go find somebody. And I'm thinking like your phone is right yeah, there. Start with, the people right you, there. start with the people that you yeah. like and they like you. Yeah. And, so, and so instead of uh, thinking, what am I going to post on Instagram today? It's like maybe you go to those hundred people on their social media and yeah, you comment exactly. on their stuff, right? Right. Because why do, why do people have social media? It's look at me. It's dopamine. Right. And so if it's look at me, then why wouldn't I go on social media and say, hey, Tom, what a great podcast you just did and then tom you know puffs up his chest and he says see how good that is i like dana and so all of a sudden there's that communication uh, and and then it's like oh you're in real estate right and that's how it works so if you say i only do social media that's fine but are you doing it for them or for yourself so you have to sort of compliment them because that's what social media is all about. Right. Have you ever posted something and said, oh, how come I'm not getting very many likes here? You delete it after 10 minutes. Right. So what happens is if we started saying, hey, what a great little podcast you did. What a great YouTube video. What a great comment that you made. All of a sudden they say, oh, that person's nice. I'm going to start following them. One thing leads to another. That's how you can do business on social media. Because everybody wants to do business with someone that they know, like, exactly. and trust. And exactly. that's it. And you got to start building that trust somewhere. And our society's going to crap because nobody's knowing, liking, and trusting anymore because it's all happening on, yeah. online. Yeah. Now, if you were... If you didn't mind doing open houses, what a great place yeah. to start. <laughs> Don't get Tom started on open houses. No, no, He's not a fan. I, no, He's no, not that's a fan. not true. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, my thought on open houses, they are a wonderful tool for real Lead estate sources. agents. Yeah. 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 I, I don't necessarily think they're a wonderful tool for sellers to sell their homes anymore. Correct. From what they were. Correct. That's my thing. Yeah. Very yeah. few people actually buy that house yeah. at an open None. house. But- Say 10 people come through that open house. How many people are in the business? How many have put up their hand saying, oh, yeah. I might do real estate? Mm. Yeah. Well, Everybody what? but the nosy neighbor. Every, yeah. But, but they're know, only a percent of it. Yeah. Right? But even the nosy neighbor, I'll push back on that. They're going to sell one day. Well, 30%, a third, 33% are nosy. 33% mm -hmm. are looking for their brother to move into the area. <laughs> and 33% are actually interviewing you to see if you could be the listing agent of their house yeah, so they're actually true. moving yeah. so only a third of the 
nosy neighbors are really nosy mm. and the good thing about it is you might be able to create an ally if they are that nosy you might they may be they'll tell you when the next house is exactly coming. Yeah, yeah. exactly and they're more likely they'll talk to you right they don't mind because they know they're not selling right so i think it's all very productive doing an open house you're in front of people that want to do real estate now they may not want to deal with you sure but they want to do real estate so really then it comes down to skill level and things like that well effectively it's the same as what you did when you started your career you ran an ad that got people to reach out to to come to you correct an open house they come to you exactly. you still got to win them over right and build rapport and make sure that you know they think that you know what you're doing and all that good stuff yeah but they've come to you yeah so door knocking is the opposite right you're going to them and hoping they would need yeah. you yeah and it is tough, but some people enjoy it. Yeah. But it is a, a tough. But one thing I think in this new society is when you're in front of somebody, you have to go deep with them. Mm. You have to, the relationship should be deep. So even if you meet them for the first time, don't be afraid to have a conversation. Don't be afraid to find out what their wants and needs are. And you'd be surprised at how many will open up. And then they'll say, wow, you really know what I'm looking for. And then all of a sudden you become their agent. But if you if you just sort of high level pass, do a pass over, they won't even remember your name. So if you one thing in this market is if you create a relationship, you got to go deep. So if you were to if you had a couple people in your phone, remember I was talking about your phone, brand new agent, um, I would set up a face to face meeting with my buddies yeah. and saying, hey, you know, I am in real estate. Um, let me tell you about uh, how it could affect you and whether they own a house or they don't own a house. There's lots of aspects that you might be able to help them out with. And they'll say, oh, I didn't know that. Now all of a sudden they become your agent, mm. right? So you want to have a bit of knowledge. You want to be in front of them. And the, if you're there to make a lasting a relationship, you got to be there for more than just a quick phone call. Hey, I'm in real estate. If you know of anybody, send them my way. Oh yeah, no problem. We will. They're not gonna. Yeah. They they don't even. They will, they'll forget about you yeah. soon as you hang up, right? So you want to provide something of value, but you want to have a deeper conversation, and it, you'd be surprised at how long they'll stick with you, you as know, we move forward. It was super eye opening to me. We had our first big client event, um, uh, you know, up two years in the summer, and we had 150 people in our room, and it was an open bar. It was just like a fun night. We just got everyone together. Yeah. And several people came up to me and said, Tom, we thought we were coming to an information session wow. about the market because I kind of got known for that. <laughs> I'm the guy that talks yeah. about the market. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no. Like, I'm not selling you a not like that's uh, fun tonight. Yeah. But I was like, oh, but they wanted that's what they came for. So that so why I'm saying that is because when you're saying, <clears throat> OK, the people in your phone and people that are reaching out to set a face to face. And if I'm a new agent listening to this, I'm thinking like, well, what? do I tell them? Why would they want to meet with me? But so, I'm telling you, people want valuable information that's going to help them. If you could focus on the things that they'd want to know, yeah. they're going to show up. One thing you want to do is get one thing of value because don't think, okay, I got to say something different to Steve, something different to yeah. Tom. And if you're new in the agent, how am I going to remember all that? Pick one topic, get some information on it and share it with your people in your phone. Mm. Right. Would you text them, call them, or email them? I would I would be open to any of them. I okay. think texting is very personal. Yeah, I agree. Right? You feel bad not answering a text, but an email you can delete easily. Right. And then the You feel bad not answering my text? Why do you not answer them ever? Because your number's blocked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, actually phoning, if you were to phone somebody, they if they don't recognize it. Very few will actually pick up the yeah, phone. I rarely do anymore. Right? Well, you should always be texting. If you know you're going to call them sell to sell, I would text people first. Mm, hey, yeah. Tom, it's Dana calling. I just wanted to give you a quick call. Would that be okay? Yeah, great. Or, you know what? I got some information about the interest rate that just happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just included a link. Now, one thing we want to do is remember, realist, um, uh, how long, when they first remember those cats, on YouTube and Twitter and all that, and you had to see these funny cats yeah. doing stuff. Well, it was like two minutes, and then it was 90 seconds. And then the cat videos came down to like, what are they today? It's like 
four seconds, yeah, right? Four to six seconds. Exactly. And so we need to be the same way and respect the people that way and say, look, you know what? I want to get to the point real quick. Yeah. If you want more information, you can click on this link or I'd love to talk to you about it. Right. So we tend to, you know, send out too much information mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, we want it's confusing those market updates, things, every realtor posts. I'm like, I'm in the industry and I'm confused at what you're trying to tell me. Exactly. Here. And that's what they're looking for. It's like, so what's this all mean? Tom? Right. Right. So what? Yeah. So what? Yeah. yeah. So the interest rate went up. Well, so what? You're there to help them not. I mean, you have no effect on the market and you're there to help them interpret. Right. What's going on. Right. Right. So if you could get that one message down, talk to your broker if you don't know what to talk about. And then you get that one message, and then I would add a personal connection to everybody in my phone. I wouldn't blanket it mm. because when you do, people know it's corporate, and they delete yeah, it. Yeah, it feels yeah. yucky. But if you say, hey, Tom, how's it going? How was the conference? Uh, the reason I'm texting you or phoning you or emailing you is because I came across this, mm. and I thought you might be interested. And, and that will start a conversation. Awesome. Amazing. I think we should wrap it up because you got a dinner to get to. Do I? What time? I got no friends. Oh, yeah, I got no friends. I, I got no dinner, dinner tonight. He's I was a, having so much fun. <laughs> hey, this is why I pay him to talk to him all the time. Hey, you got a free so coaching call. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, charge for this episode maybe. No, that was fun. Yeah, that was fantastic. Any, any final questions? No. I want you to know I appreciate you and I uh, look forward to talking to you and I uh, wish your fee was lower. Ah, all right. Good to know, Steve. And I'd also love to have you back in, in a bit on the podcast because the one thing we didn't touch on is just your, your personal investment strategy in real estate. Right. Where without Brittany sharing much, it's like, I know you don't, you don't need to deal with Steve every week. You could survive because of the other investments you've made in your life. I think that would be a fun chat as well. So maybe we can get to that. Sure. In the next one. That would be awesome. Okay. Amazing. Cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone for watching, listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Oh. And like and subscribe. Oh, yeah, please. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dana. That was awesome.